0: Welcome to atari bites the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back my name is bill this is episode 268 thanks for listening welcome back everybody I hope all is going well where you are things are good here it is sunny the sun is shining that's how it's sunny the snow is melting the world is making a bit more sense i would never go so far as to say the world is making sense because that'd just be silly But uh, things are pretty good right now. My food intake today has consisted of peanut butter, Cap'n Crunch, future sponsors of the podcast, I would hope, homemade donuts, and coffee. So, any minute now, I expect to crash. So, as you're listening to the episode, be waiting for that. In news this week, absolutely nothing has happened. Nope, nothing going on in the world right now. So I have nothing to talk about. Why don't we just then get on to this week's game. This week's game is. Uh, I'll have a burger with everything and a large fries. You need a drink? Yeah, a Coke. (laughs) I meant a Pepsi. If you want great refreshment, just say what you mean. I want that two Pepsis. Pepsi, the choice of a new generation. That's right. We're delving into the world, the fast-paced, intense world of fizzy sugar water. We're playing Pepsi Invaders from Atari, asterisk, 1983. This is a well-known game, a well-known rare, quote-unquote, game. Something I read said there's like 125 cartridges total. It was a promotional item put out by Coca-Cola in the 80s during the Cola Wars. And Atari was happy to oblige, I'm sure, for a lot of money to produce what is essentially Space Invaders with Pepsi in it. Alright, There's the uh, Pepsi icon at the top of the screen if you've seen the game before. If you haven't seen the game, you can listen to the audio field report that will come up later in the show. You can also, if you're a subscriber, at the $3 per month or above level on Patreon, you can see the video of the field report. Or, honestly, you can probably find videos of the game on YouTube. Forget I said that. So it's Space Invaders. We all know what Space Invaders right? We all know what Space Invaders is. You have rows of aliens marching down from the top of the screen, and you're shooting up at them from the bottom of the screen. Uh, you want to uh, shoot each row before they make landfall, and then the game is over. Except in this game, instead of rows of sort of generic-looking Atari monsters, you do have one row of those, one column of those. The rest of the invaders are the letters in Pepsi repeated over and over again And at the top of the screen. So the bonus spaceship that you get to shoot for extra points is the Pepsi logo. We all know how to play Space Invaders. There are the three barricades at the bottom of the screen. In this version of Pepsi Invaders, you can shoot the barricade. And uh, instead of having to shoot around it, you can actually make it disappear. Shoot through it. The game is preset so that Coke always wins. The invaders always win, simply because instead of a certain number of lives, there's a time limit. It's set at three minutes. At the end of that three minutes, the game declares that Coke wins. I don't know if there is an equivalent game where Pepsi wins, but in this version, Pepsi never wins. Those of you who are Coke fans, Coca-Cola, I should say, are probably okay with that. Those of you who are Pepsi fans are probably, you know, rending your clothing and flailing about in total despair right now. All I asked is that you keep listening to the podcast as you do so. Keep the wailing to a minimum because other people in the room might want to hear what I'm saying. As a kid, I was a Pepsi fan. I would drink Coke if it was available, if it was the option, but I would gravitate to Pepsi. Pepsi tends to be sweeter. As an adult, at this point, I don't drink much cola of any kind, except once in a great while. I have some RC Cola in the beer fridge right now. Because I said one day to my wife, who was going grocery shopping, I'm kind of in the mood for an RC. I was feeling nostalgic for RC Cola. I anticipated one, uh, getting one. Instead, what I got was a 12-pack. And I've been slowly working my way through that 12-pack. But other than that, I don't really drink much cola of any kind. When I do, the rare times that I do, I tend to prefer Coke at this point. My taste buds have matured, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I'm sure that was all fascinating to you. If you have cola preferences... What the hell? Uh, Let me know in one of the various ways you can reach out to the podcast that we'll talk about at the end of the show.
1: I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real life stories in this book read by the author style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode a segment about music music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com, that's S-C-H-N-O-O-K, podcast.com, and I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your
0: way. The first line of the Wikipedia article about Pepsi Invaders clears up something I was confused about. I downloaded the ROM for Pepsi Invaders from uh, Atari H, and the file was called Coke Wins. Uh, well, that's weird. So I expected when I started the game, it would be some sort of game where, you know, called Coke Wins, where Coke Wins, which I guess it is, but it's all Pepsi stuff in the game. I don't know why this is. Maybe somebody with somebody with more knowledge know would know the answer to that, but I don't. It was uh, created in 1983. It's a fixed-shooter video game. Of course, we know that. Developed by Atari. It's a reskin of Space Invaders. We talked about that. Pepsi Invaders was commissioned by the Coca-Cola Company to be handed out to salespeople at their 1983 sales convention. Pepsi Invaders is one of the rare, rarest games for the Atari 2600, with only 125 copies distributed. It was packaged in a black cartridge without a label. Due to the original Space Invaders, Atari 2600 developer Rick Moore. Leaving Atari overpayment issues, Atari tasked designer Christopher Omarzu with hacking the original. The intent was to boost the morale of Coca-Cola's employees, but most of the cartridges were discarded by the recipients. Oh, oh. Pepsi Invaders have been mistakenly labeled Coke Wins and Coke Invaders to the confusion of Omarazu. Writer Matthew Easton notes it is an early example of an adver game, an advertisement game. I don't like that term. Uh, I'm just saying, I don't like that term and discussed how it was more an attack on a competitor than an advertisement by the company who had it made. The Guardian included the game in its list of the best product placement video games, similarly noting it as an early example of this and a mischievous marketing attempt. How? It went to its salespeople, and most of them threw it away. PC Format felt the marketing was smart, comparing it to The Apprentice. Okay, I'm assuming this is a different Apprentice than the Donald Trump thing. Anyway... Retro Gamer was critical of Pepsi Invaders due to the letters not moving downward as the ships do in Space Invaders. Yes, they do. You're crazy, Retro Gamer. The game is sought after by collectors with copies selling for, at least at the time this article was written, 1,825 on eBay. I don't usually look up the eBay stuff on this podcast, but what the heck, let's look it up. I wish I had some looking things up on the internet music. Well, I see a Space Invaders 1978 red box, notch lid new, sealed for $130. That doesn't answer the question at all. There my very quick real-time search right now. Oh, well, there's a WATA, W-A-T-A Space Invaders, 9.8 A+, plus Atari a 2600, sealed, brand new, inbox, $1,100. Again, not answering the question. My real-time search right now, I'm not seeing Pepsi Invaders. Darn, and I was all set to put 1800 down on a Pepsi Invaders cartridge. Oh well, it wasn't meant to be, I guess. Atari Age, on the other hand, is a bit sunnier. This is one of the more interesting Atari collectibles. There's no real box for this one, they do agree, just a flimsy styrofoam shell. So it isn't really a prototype, but it wasn't a commercially available game either. And no, Coca-Cola does not have any copies left. 8-Bit Central, part of the joy of collecting video games is the often quirky nature of the industry and what those quirks have to say about gaming. Never heard of Pepsi Invaders? Join the club! Don't worry, you're not alone. In fact, it holds one of the highest rarity ratings in game collecting. Its rarity is so great that the box cover image above is actually a scan of an image reproduction of the original cartridge. Yep, they're correct. That's what it is. Pepsi Invaders was burned onto regular ROM chips instead of EP ROMs and housed in genetic, generic, black cartridge with no label, box, or manual. It was given to Coke sales executives at an Atlanta sales convention no one at the time probably gave much thought to the potential value of this card, but each attendee who received a copy also got a shiny new Atari 2600. And know that part. Despite this, the nondescript nature of this cartridge, it now garners an excess of $2,000 at auction. In today's world, a giveaway like Pepsi Invaders and a 2600 console would be akin to getting a copy of Call of Booty Black Ops with your company's logo embedded throughout the game and a, a logoed PS3 to play it on. Go Fanta, of forced direction with. The prize speaks to the importance and prominence of video gaming in the 80s. Video games were everywhere. It was the bold new technology. Sophie, Sophie just wandered in. Coke or Pepsi? They're the same. That's what Henry said, too. They're not, though. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, if I had to pick Pepsi. Okay, why? I don't know. I think they do taste different. Pepsi is sweeter. Whatever. They're both really kind of fizzy, saffron, too sweet, but. Bad for you, drink. And bad for you. We don't drink much pop at all around here, but when we do, I'm more of a Coke guy at this point. But when I was a kid, I was a Pepsi guy. I like Pepsi. I like Pepsi. And again, if Pepsi wants to sponsor the show, Pepsi's I'm Pepsi's not going to sponsor the show. Pepsi might sponsor the show. No, it won't. You say that about every food you <laughs> say on the show. And how many of those have sponsored you? Zero. O- all of them? No. Don't lie to your viewers. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by all of the foods. That doesn't even make any sense. Go away. You're mean. You wanted me to come over here and talk to you. Now I think you're mean. You always think I'm mean. Yeah, you're a teenager. (laughs) All right, go away. Ah, that was fun. Okay. So, anyway, the point of this article is video games were huge in the 80s, and so was Coke of many varieties. All these articles keep saying the executives were sad. I don't know exactly why. Maybe Pepsi was beating them in sales. I don't know. 8Bit Central thinks that there were some odd decisions made regarding gameplay, to make it more enjoyable for Coke sales executives as opposed to gamers who crave a challenge. The 112 variants of Space Invaders translated down to one version for Pepsi Invaders. The arcade classic was heralded as one of the first infinite games in which you could play as long as you could, as long as you could. All it took was determination and quarters. Pepsi Invaders limits gameplay to 3 minutes, but you have infinite lives. Could this have been related to having 3 minutes to close deals when selling Coke products? Stranger things have happened. Oh man, I miss stranger things. Come on, Netflix. Get back in production. Anyway, 8-Bit Central's final judgment is that the game is a fun look at a unique game with even less market penetration than Chase the Chuck Wagon. Not a great game, lacks much of the allure of Space Invaders, but it's worth a download. Pepsi, the carbonate soft drink, was originally created and developed in 1893 by Caleb Bradham, introduced as Brad's Drink. Don't we think a lot of ourselves. It was renamed Pepsi-Cola in 1898, and then shortened to Pepsi in 1961. The color according to Wikipedia is Caramel E-150 D. Among the variants, Diet Pepsi, Pepsi Twist, Pepsi Lime, Pepsi Wild Cherry. I do kinda like Pepsi Wild Cherry. Crystal Pepsi, boy that was a dumb idea. Caffeine free Pepsi. For a while as a kid I went through a stretch where I was drinking Pepsi free. Reminds me of the joke in Back to the Future. Do
1: you know where sixteen forty River Are you gonna order something, kid? Uh, Yeah,
0: give me me a tab. Tab? I can't give you a tab unless you order something. Right, give me a Pepsi free. You want a Pepsi, pal? You're going to pay for it. Look, just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Something without sugar. Pepsi Cola made with real sugar, Pepsi Vanilla, Pepsi Zero Sugar, and Pepsi Next. Among the related products, Coca-Cola and RC Cola. Which, as I noted, is in my fridge right now. Caleb Bradham, as I said, created the thing in 1893 at his drugstore, where he sold it. It was renamed Pepsi-Cola in 1898 because Pepsi was advertised to relieve dyspepsia. Today, more commonly known as indigestion or an upset stomach. That's why, I don't know so much anymore, but when I was a kid anyway, sometimes if you had an upset tummy, they would give your mom would give you... It was usually Sprite, or now I guess Sierra Mist but I guess Pepsi or Coke would do the same thing. The fizzy bubbles, I suppose. Cola, in the title, refers to the cola flavor. Some have suggested that Pepsi may have been a reference to the drink aiding digestion, like the digestive enzyme pepsin, but pepsin itself was never used as an ingredient. On three occasions between 1922 and 1933, the Coca-Cola Company was offered the opportunity to purchase the Pepsi-Cola Company and declined. Boy, I bet they wish they would have now. Actress Joan Crawford married Pepsi Cola president Alfred Steele and became a spokesperson for Pepsi, appearing in commercials, TV specials, and televised beauty pageants on behalf of the company. Pepsi conducted blind taste tests in the 1970s, called the Pepsi Challenge, and the tests suggested that more consumers preferred the taste of Pepsi to Coke. Sales of Pepsi started to climb, and Pepsi kicked off the Challenge across the nation, creating what were called the Cola Wars. I guess that's why all those executives in Atlanta were sad, because Pepsi was kicking their butt in the Pepsi Challenge. In 1985, the Coca-Cola company, amid much publicity, changed its formula. The theory has been advanced that New Coke, as the reformulated drink came to be known, was invented specifically in response to the Pepsi challenge. However, a consumer backlash led Coca-Cola quickly reintroducing the original formula as Coca-Cola Classic. This rivalry was mentioned by Billy Joel in the song We Didn't Start the Fire in 1989. The Rock and Roller Cola Wars refers to Pepsi and Coke's usage of various musicians and advertising campaigns. Coke had Paula Abdul, Pepsi had Michael Jackson, etc., etc. As of 2008, that was quite a while ago, but Pepsi's market share at that time was 30.8%, Coca Cola was 42.7%. According to CSIMarket.com, as of the fourth quarter of 2020, Pepsi had a market share of 30.64%. Sorry, that was their total revenue increase. Okay. As of 2019, PepsiCo U.S.'s market share was 24.1%. Wow! According to Statista.com in 2019, Coca-Cola's market share was 43.7%. Dang! I'm kicking Pepsi's butt, apparently. Coca-Cola was invented in the late 19th century, also by John Stith Pemberton. Stith Pemberton, bought out by businessman Asa Griggs Candler, whose marketing tactics led Coca-Cola to its dominance of the world soft drink market throughout the 20th century. The drink's name refers to two of its original ingredients, coca leaves and cola nuts, a source of caffeine. The current formula remains a straight secret, however a variety of reported recipes and experimental recreations have been published. The Coca-Cola Company produces Concentrate, which is then sold to licensed Coca-Cola bottlers throughout the world. The bottlers, who hold exclusive territory contracts with the company, produce the finished product in cans and bottles from the Concentrate, in combination with filtered water and sweeteners. Coca-Cola Company has other products like Diet Coke, Caffeine-Free Coke, Diet Coke Caffeine-Free, Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, Coca-Cola Cherry, Coca-Cola Vanilla, and special versions with lemon, lime, and coffee. It was called Coca-Cola Classic from July of 85 to 2009 to distinguish it from New Coke. As of 2015, Coca-Cola was the world's third most valuable brand after Apple and Google. It is worth noting that a Spanish drink called Cola with a K, Coca, was presented, Cola coca, was presented at a contest in Philadelphia in 1885, a year before the official birth of Coca-Cola, with a seat. The rights for the Spanish drink were bought by Coca-Cola in 1953. In 1886, when Atlanta and Fulton County passed prohibition legislation, Pemberton responded by developing Coca-Cola, a non-alcoholic version of Pemberton's French wine co- coca, French wine coca. Marketed as Coca-Cola, the temperance drink, which appealed to many people as the temperance movement, enjoyed widespread support during this time. The first sales were at Jacobs Pharmacy in Atlanta, Georgia on May 8, 1886. Initially sold for five cents a glass. Drugstore soda fountains were popular in the United States at the time. If you remember, Pepsi was also sold at a drugstore. The, there was a belief that carbonated water was good for the health. Pemberton's new drink was marketed and sold as a patent medicine. Pemberton claimed it a cure for many diseases, including morphine addiction, indigestion, nerve disorders, headaches, and impotence. What what my RC do for me? In April 2007 in Canada, the name Coca-Cola Classic was changed back to Coca-Cola. The word classic was removed because new Coke was no longer in production. In January 2009, Coca-Cola stopped printing the word classic on the labels of 16 U.S. fluid ounce bottles sold in parts of the southeastern United States. The change is part of a larger strategy to rejuvenate the product's image. The classic was removed from all Coca-Cola products by 2011. In August 2020, the company announced the cut of thousands of jobs as a result of COVID-19. Closing of bars, restaurants, and other venues resulted in a lower demand for Coca-Cola. In December 2020, the company announced cutting more jobs, in January 2021, announced it would be launching Coca-Cola with coffee and Coca-Cola with coffee zero sugar nationwide. I have not tried this. I don't know if it's out yet. If anyone has tried it, let me know. In February 2021, as a plan to combat plastic waste, Coca-Cola said that it will start selling its sodas in bottles made from 100% recycled plastic material in the U.S. and is planning to recycle by 2030 one bottle or can for each one it sells. It is starting by selling 2,000 paper bottles. To see if they hold up due to the risk of safety and of changing the taste of the drink. Never seen a pl- paper bottle, I don't think. Uh, again, if anyone's familiar with any of this, let me know.
1: I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and holly and so white turtle dove. I like to teach the world to sing. Sing with, with me, sing harmony
0: Like to Teach the World to Sing in Perfect Harmony is a pop song that originated as the jingle By the World of Coke in the 1971 Hilltop television commercial for Coca-Cola and sung by the hillside singers. By the World of Coke was produced by Billy Davis and portrayed a positive image of hope and love featuring a multicultural collection of teenagers on top of a hill appearing to sing the song. Any of you guys who are Mad Men fans, without saying too much about it, will know that this figured prominently towards the end of the Mad Men series, series. and that's all I'll say about that. Buy the World of Coke contains the line, I'd like to buy the world of Coke, and repeats, It's the real thing, which was Coca-Cola's marketing slogan at the time. The song first aired uh, on American radio on February 12, 1971, but not all the Coca-Cola bottlers were impressed. But DJ said they were getting calls asking to hear the commercial, and Backer persuaded McCann Erickson to film a commercial using the song. The finished product, first aired in July of 71, featured a multicultural group of young people lip-syncing the song on a hill in Manzanilla, outside of Rome, Italy. The global unity of the singers is emphasized by showing the bottles of Coke they are holding are labeled in a variety of languages. Another version was filmed in the mid-70s for the holiday season. Same song uh, showed the group at night with each person holding a lighted white candle. In the final zoom-out train shot, only the candle flames remain visible, forming a triangle reminiscent of a Christmas tree, which is cemented by a Coke bottle logo superimposed at the top of the tree. And the words Happy Holidays from your Coca-Cola Bottler" below. If you're curious about the song, there have been many articles written about the origins of the song, the lyrics of which are, I'd like to buy a world a home and furnish it with love, grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves, I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony I'd like to buy the world a Coke and keep a company That's the real thing I'm totally messing with the pace of the song But you get the idea I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony And I'd like to buy the world a Coke and keep a company It's the real thing I'd like to buy the world a Coke and keep a company It's the real thing I'd like to buy the world a Coke and keep a company It's the real And then everybody blows up, I guess I don't know, that seems to be the end of the lyrics So, I don't know who won the Cola Wars, I guess maybe Coke did, they have more market share, although at the time of the Cola Wars, Pepsi was winning the taste tests, and they snagged Michael Jackson, which was a good thing back then, for their ads, but now, it's weird, because Coca-Cola and Pepsi sell a ton of stuff, at the same time as much of the world says, Uh, it's awful and bad for you, and you can't, or shouldn't, drink it. Part of the whole um, dual personality of humans, right? Aggressively shun things that are bad while at the same time, right, on one side of the room and on the other side of the room, we're just as aggressively holding on to them. Humans are fascinating. All right. Well, after the break, I'd like to buy the world a Coke. Except for you, Carl. I'm going to grab myself a cold one and enjoy this field report today. Uh, But first, I have to play a video game. We're playing Pepsi Invaders. See the little Pepsi uh, symbol up the top of the screen? All the little uh, alien invaders are Pepsi, the letters in Pepsi, and then one row of just monsters who crashed the party, I guess. Alright, let's play it. it's really just Space Invaders, with Pepsi overlaid on it, Uh, and it feels like Space Invaders, sounds like Space Invaders, Um, your guy, a little alien shooter thing, moves kind of slow, I don't know if that's the difficulty setting I have it on, I'm not actually sure what difficulty setting I have it on, or if it matters, and you can't go all the way over to the end of the screen, that's kind of frustrating. Starting to speed up. It's getting very exciting now. Coke up the top of the screen. I'm shooting at me. But the problem with games like Space Invaders is that you constantly have to shoot, and they, my hand gets tired.
1: You can really see the shots that they're following.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Good point, Henry. I, I think you just have to assume that there's a constant barrage. Man. Man. And you can't see a line. Ah, uh, no. No. Yes.
1: You can't see how much line we
0: Yeah. I think because it's not so much a lives thing as a timer. That thing at the bottom is a timer. I think it started at three minutes. We're at a minute five now. You have to take out as much Pepsi as you can. Coke should have, or Pepsi should have done a Coke Invaders. Although this was the 80s and most of society with a coke invader, am I right? That's a joke for all you Gen X people. you like say, it's just a timer thing, so this will go on for another ten seconds. Oh, poop on you. Here we go. Wait for it. Coke wins my butt. Unless Coca-Cola would like to sponsor the podcast, email me.
1: Isn't that the same with Pepsi?
0: Oh, my friend. You better not tell a Coke uh, fan... That Pepsi's the same thing as Coke.
1: Well, it basically is.
0: Okay, so here's the thing. Coke and Pepsi, yeah, they more or less look like the same thing. They're both fizzy and brown and have lots of caffeine and sugar and stuff. But... They're
1: separate companies.
0: Well, they are separate companies, yes.
1: They're separate companies with basically the same
0: recipe. No, different recipe. They taste the same, they uh,
1: look the same. Pepsi, they basically they the do, same do,
0: That's the thing. If you tell a fan of one or the other, they do not taste the same. Pepsi tends to be a little bit sweeter.
1: I don't know what that means.
0: All right, we'll go out today, we'll buy a Coke, we'll buy a Pepsi, and we'll taste test them. Fine. Uh, yeah, we're probably not going to do that. We'll talk more about Coke and Pepsi in the regular show. For now, back to you in the studio. Hey,
1: everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XeGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that, and for free, just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's x-e-g-s, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in.
0: Hey, let's take a break from you listening to me talk so that you can listen to me talk. Hell's cereal, Very Short Stories Fortified with Essential Syllables is the new short story collection from, well, me. Every box, or book, is chock-full of bite-sized stories in every genre from sci-fi to fantasy to literary fiction to cheesy spy stories and everything in between. Zombies in love, twisted car races, and the aforementioned devilish breakfast food are just some of the tasty bites you'll find. Toy surprises? You bet. How about social commentary and the meaning of life? Pizza a Dakota ring any day. With both funny stuff and drama, Hell's Cereal gives you the marshmallows and the toasted oat flakes. Oh, and words. Lots of those, too. Pick up Hell's Cereal, very short stories fortified with essential syllables, wherever you'd like to get your books. Not cereal. So, here's the thing about Pepsi Invaders. I think maybe I like Pepsi Invaders more than Chase the Chuck Wagon. I mean, they're both light on gameplay They're they're promo items, right? This one, Pepsi Invaders, was meant to cheer up sad executives, which fascinates me. I'm just picturing a room of 1980s era, overweight, chain-smoking executives in bad suits, you know, with their ties loosened, they're probably kind of sweaty, maybe balding, you know, and they're they're at this convention, they're expecting, you know, hookers and blow, and instead they get handed uh, Atari cartridges, and an Atari console, of course, but... Uh, which they figure, hey, they can take this home to their kid uh, to help assuage the fact that they're absentee fathers who go to conventions all the time instead of ball games, And their kid, you know, is excited about the console, but then puts this game in, and they're like, this game sucks. I'm never speaking to you again, Dad. And then the kid goes on to become a coke-addled actor someday, or whatever. The game actually is fine. I mean, it's basically Space Invaders, and Space Invaders is fun. Fun is limited a bit by the fact that There's no way really to win. You get to play for three minutes and then you're done. So that mitigates things a little bit. If it had just been Space Invaders where you could play as long as you want, that might be something. But that's not what we got. So that's a little disappointing. But otherwise, I don't have a real problem with it. And I guess that's good. If you guys feel strongly, one way or the other, about Pepsi Invaders or have thoughts about the Cola Wars or Cola or really anything... Get a hold of me in one of the ways that are available to you to do that.
1: It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time
0: with Bill. This week's story is titled, the cola wars bubble over, dearest mother. I write to you shaken and in need of rest before I overflow with emotion. Remember how I told you in my last letter about the sex sextuplets in my platoon? To a man, gentlemen all, so positive, so kind, so refreshing in these dark times. Their fizzy effervescence lifted our spirits on long nights, soothed our nerves, calmed jittery stomachs. All that is over now. I hardly have the words to tell you my comrades in arms. Expired. On a mission across enemy lines, cornered, the sextuplets took the only course of action they could. They deployed the Mentos brand candy mints we all carry for just such a dreaded occasion. They waited for the grape shot to rain down and then swallowed the Mentos with nary a thought for themselves, only for the mission. The last of their carbonation erupted forth "'taking a good few liters of the enemy with them. "'The sextuplet's heroism will not be forgotten. "'I will not allow it to be so. "'Tell my dear sister Cherry Cola "'I love the canned koozie she sent. "'I sleep so much more soundly now.' "'That's not completely true. "'The sounds of pop-tops in the night "'keep us all awake, wondering when we'll be next. "'We all have an expiration date, don't we? "'Not all of us grow from the kid's menu serving size "'to mighty two-liter. "'I'm sorry.' I don't wish to frighten you. I'm fine. My platoon is the finest vending machine in the cola wars. Our forces are deployed across the world. We know how to fight thirst and win. I don't wish to get political, but we taste so much better than the other brand. The world is full of smart, educated, parched people. How could they possibly make the wrong cola choice? It staggers the imagination. I worry for the future of cola. Even in the trenches, we hear the rumbling of insurgents. Fruity drinks. What even is a smoothie? Coffee houses dot the wastelands after the vending machines roll through, promising coffee art, when really they're just pushing caffeine like everyone else, but nowhere near as creatively. And fun. Some companies, the war profiteers, are starting to offer so-called energy drinks. Where's the fun? Where's the common man simplicity of grabbing one of our products? I hear even water is making a comeback as a beverage. I don't care how fancy the bottle, no one is going to pay for water. Cola will always bubble to the surface, and our brand rules them all. But that's my two cents worth. I guess I should just save that money and put it in a vending machine where it belongs. Oh, tell Dad I didn't go flat when I was on leave last month. He'll know what it means. In conclusion, my dearest mother, I leave you with this shuddery thought. The measure of a cola warrior is not in how empty the glass is, but rather how full. Your loving son, Sipper.
1: Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the vertical blank.
0: Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and CompTech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme. Crack a cold one and head on over to Apple Podcasts where you can leave a five-bottle review of this podcast. It's the sweetest thing you could possibly do. Email the show at ataribytes 2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page, follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, check us out on Instagram. You can call us, too. Leave us a message at 563-265-1978 about anything, and we will probably play it on the show. Check out the website, www.CarnivalOfGleeCreations.com, for information and links to episodes of this show. And for my other show, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, which is a monthly deep dive into all things related to the Peanuts comic strip and everything around it. You can also check out the website for information about books that I've written and links to just a few places you can buy them, like Health Serial, very short stories, fortified with essential syllables. Also, consider supporting the show by subscribing on Patreon.com. Atari Bytes has a page over there, and you can sign up. If you do, depending on what level you're at, you could get stuff like access to episodes early, before their normal release date, bonus content, including video of the field report from every episode, and other stuff that I throw up there occasionally. You can also hang out with these cool people who I am deeply in debt to. Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeda, Sean Courtney, M. West, Jim Goble, Patrick McCarthy, and Jeremy L. Thanks you one and all. Thank you to you future subscribers. All right, we're just about out of here, which is good because my coal is going flat. All that's left is to tell you next time on Atari Bytes. We're playing a game called Solar Fox, which just makes me think of a game or of a movie from the 80s with Clint Eastwood that I think maybe was called Solar Fox. I have not looked this up, but he's a, he's like an old guy fighter pilot, and I, th- I think maybe it was called Solar Fox. Oh, it was Fire Fox. That's what it was, not Solar Fox. Solar, fire, fox, fox. You can see where I got that, right? Alright, well we cleared that up. Really no point in doing the game now. Alright, I guess we will. Solar Fox, next time on the podcast. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.